for most of us, I imagine, Christmas has just flown by. I mean, that was a whole week ago already. It's New Year's Day, right? But just to remind you that Christmas is not over yet, I want you to think about the story that we read last weekend. These angels appeared to these shepherds who were watching their flock by night. Do you remember that? And they came and they had this grand announcement and told the shepherds that there would be a sign for them that God's peace had come. And so the shepherd says, sounds good. Let's go verify this. And they go and they find the sign and they tell all who were there everything that was told to them. Now, let's be real for a second. There aren't too many people, I suppose, who are given a whole lot of listening ears to a bunch of shepherds. Hmm? So maybe that's part of the reason why Luke continues on the way he does in the Christmas story. We've seen and we've heard how shepherds have come to recognize who this Jesus is. And now we have another experience where other people will see and hear and know who this young Jesus is. And mind you, all this is taking place in the temple as well, which I think gives us an indication of what Luke is trying to say about Jesus. But as you think about the experience we just read with Mary and Joseph, Simeon and Anna, I want you to ask yourself something. And if you were able to put yourself into the story, who would you like to be in that story? Mary or Joseph? Simeon or Anna? See, they've all been blessed on this day. There's the blessing of Jesus that is there, but they've all experienced it in different ways. See, for Joseph and Mary... Let's be real. This whole immaculate conception thing, not to sound lame, but it's kind of cool if you think about it. And besides all that, they have all these wonderful things said about their son. Even so, I think they have decided that we have parental obligations to this child and we have faithful obligations to God as well. And so part of their faith tells them that they must go to the temple to present to God this baby to make a sacrifice and to, to uh, uh, open up, not open up, excuse me, present this firstborn child to God. It's their way of being faithful, even with everything they've been told so far about who and what this child is. kind of makes me think about when we uh, baptize younger children. It doesn't happen too much with the older one because it's not as cute for some reason, right? When we bring up the child, there's, we are certain that there are a couple things that's going to happen. Right? I'm probably going to pick up the child and carry the child, and some of you are probably going to ooh and ah about the child. I'm going to take some water in my hand, and I'm going to make that kid really mad when I pour water on her or his head. If the kid happens to be a little bit older, he's going to think I'm kind of weird because I'm pouring water. You can just know that these things are going to happen. I suspect that Mary and Joseph had similar expectations when they brought Jesus to the temple. This is the first time they've ever done this. It's their firstborn child. And certainly they're not going for baptism the way we think of it. But this is something that people did with their firstborn child. Something they probably watched other people do and maybe even looked forward to them 
themselves. So I think that they might have had certain expectations of what would happen when they brought Jesus to the temple. And yet, in that very ordinary, yet mysterious, very prescribed thing that they were about to do, God still did something and showed them something very amazing. So maybe you can see yourself as Mary or Joseph. It's just somebody going through life in a very ordinary way and being surprised and amazed at the wonder of God. Or maybe you can see yourself like Simeon. We get the impression he's a little older, don't we? And somewhere in his life, he was promised that he would not die before he got to see God's Messiah. That's a very big promise, if you ask me. God's people are used to waiting. In fact, many of them today are still waiting for God's Messiah. But apparently he was promised that he would get to see the Messiah before he died. Now Luke tells us that he's a very uh, religious man, a devout man, a faithful man of God. And so you can imagine him going through life every day, maybe waiting for this promise. If not waiting, then just going through life in a very faithful kind of way. And I don't know about you, but have you ever just gotten a feeling that you had to do something? You didn't know why. Maybe you didn't even really want to, but just something inside of you was telling you, you need to do this. Maybe that's what it was like for Simeon, you know. Luke tells us that the Spirit is sort of nudging him to get to the temple that day because, unbeknownst to him, he's going to have something very important happen to him. But he just kind of goes, and, you know, I was just there yesterday. Why do I want to go back today? But I'm going to, you know, it's New Year's Day, but it's okay. I'm going to go back. The Spirit nudges him back, and as he goes there, he recognizes who this child is. And he snatches that baby out of her arms, Mary's arms. And you can just, you can just feel the joy that flooded his soul, can't you? That this is God's Messiah. God's promise was true to me, and I am being a part of it right now. Simeon blessed them and blessed God and gave a a prayer and a blessing to the parents, which amazed them further still. But here is Simeon. Maybe doing something that he didn't really think about, maybe something he did every day, but this day promise of God became very real to him. So maybe you can see yourself like Simeon, Simeon holding that promise in your arms, being thankful that God's promise is true. Or maybe you can see yourself like Anna. Now Anna has lived life. She's not very young anymore. She has lived and she has loved. She is probably lost, and yet she has remained faithful. And I imagine that Anna can't, can't understand a lot of us, some of us who, you know, we decide one day if we're going to go to church tonight or we decide we're going to take off. Or sometimes you hear people say, if I don't have my Sunday, my one day, the rest of the week seems off. You ever said that? You ever thought that? I think Anna would laugh at us. Or even if you think, well, you know, I, I, I can't just go a whole week with just Sunday morning. I got to have Wednesday night too, or Friday prayer. I got to have one or two more things. I think Anna would laugh at that because what does she do every single day? 
she goes to the temple. And she's worshiping. And she's fasting. And she's praying. One day, she's just doing what she usually does. There, fasting and praying, prophesying, apparently. And she walks in on Simeon and Jesus' parents, and she figures out what's going on. And you know what she does? She just joins the party. (laughs) Praise God! Because she's been waiting for this, too. So maybe you can see yourself like Anna. Just coming through the doors, because it's what we do on Sunday. Not in a bad way, but this is God's day. This is God's house. I'm a child of God, so I need to be here doing that. Whether you think you're and see yourself like Mary or Joseph or Simeon or Anna, there's something, something we, we need to realize that in this whole experience, in this story, we know, we know several things about the parents of Jesus. We know some things about Simeon that Luke tells us. Right? We know some things about Anna. We might think that the story's about them. But really, the centerpiece of the story is still Jesus. Without Jesus, none of that other stuff makes sense. Without Jesus, none of that even happens. And friends, for you and I this morning, the same is true. Without Jesus, well, you and I wouldn't be here, would we? Without Jesus, a lot of the stuff we do might seem kind of strange. Y'all with me? But Christ is still here. What's different, though, for us is that Christmas has sort of just flashed on by. We're ready for New Year's, or we're ready for the next thing that's on the calendar. We're already thinking about, man, this tree has been up so long, we've got to get this thing taken down. right? We need to move on. But for Simeon and Anna, and for Mary and Joseph, Christmas is still very fresh. As you read that story, you can read and feel the excitement and the joy of Simeon. You can feel the praise of Anna, and you can understand the amazement and the wonder of Mary and Joseph. Friends, don't let Christmas fly by. Yes, we are celebrating another year. But 365 days, 8,766 hours is a long time to have to go without having that wonder of God. Without having that joy, without having that peace, that is far too long to not have those things. So you and I today, we get to celebrate the new year. Praise God for that. But we get to do it in a special way today by remembering and participating in the wonder of God. And as you think about the wonder of God, as did Simeon and Anna, how will you respond this morning? Let us pray. O gracious God, you have made yourself known to us in so many ways beginning with the angels proclaiming to the shepherds, and the shepherds then proclaiming to the family of Jesus, then through Simeon and Anna, and through countless 
in countless numbers of people throughout history. And all of their testimony and all of their faithfulness have brought us here today. And God, we stand here and we want to be amazed by the good work that you are doing. And we ask, God, that you would fill us with your peace and with your joy so that we could proclaim how great you are. In Jesus' name.